Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled Romance in Comics. It originally aired February 10th, 2021. Full disclosure, I have no idea how to lead this conversation tonight. We are talking romance in comics. And um, I think Tommy's, Tommy's already got it. The, I, I, I know the, one. That the I nap can... time. So um, yeah. why don't we start with just, we don't have to go in the weeds too far, but we'll talk about the ongoing romances that are in well-known titles. Or just X Men. <laughs> well, if, if we if we start talking X Men, then Tim will not stop. I'm just going to, you know, it's uh, gonna, you know, hi. Oh, Welcome okay. To my life. <laughs> so, X Men, the romance. Uh, just dive in. Yeah, go for, <laughs> go for it. it. All right. Yeah, go for it. Who, the most who, interesting who? and hottest one that we know of coming from the X Men is, of course, everyone knows Kitty who? Pride and Colossus. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> it, at it, least that's the most. That's the longest lasting. One. It's longest lasting one. Also, I feel like it's really underserved because they're too wholesome. <laughs> we have Scott <laughs> and his many full toxic relationships, and then Kitty Pride and Colossus just want to be there for each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know certain certain demon incursions get in the way, but yeah. <laughs> you guys remember when Colossus was Satan? No, I don't think I've read that oh. one. Uh, but I'm gonna find it. <laughs> yeah, so the 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 weird demon stone that gives Juggernaut his powers, Colossus got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh I don't remember that. I remember she dated like some uh, what was his name? Wisdom some British secret agent guy and we're like, yeah, okay, just get it out of your system, kitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the wild oats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, but it, yeah, uh, go, go for it, Scott. Do you have a question? Oh, no, I was, I, the, I'm going to, I'm going to play the, I'm going to pretend to be ignorant here. Um, in the, uh, in the X-Men uh, theatrical adaptation yes. of their lives, uh, we, see, we see Cyclops and Jean Grey <laughs> clearly in love, and there is. Uh, I am made of metal, but my heart is pure and white. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you carry that light German accent. <laughs> that was good. Continue from last week. As I was saying, <laughs> as it, so there's the um, Wolverine. Uh, A.K.A. Logan kind of messes things up just a little in the movie. How true to the comic books is that with Jean Grey and Wolverine? Yeah, but I mean, it was Hugh Jackman, right? It's right. The age of Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, Someone would be in love with him. <laughs> I say uh, the <laughs> Hugh Jackman walks into the, onto the X Men set, and all the women are like, and "Oh, they're, they're, they're all like, like yeah, they're he's cool, I guess." New storyline. They write, they rewrite the story. I, I guess. Okay, before we get into that, uh, that that effect, <laughs> that effect, though, that you're talking about, uh, Brent. Uh, I'm just, I just got finished volume four of Donny Katz's run of Venom, 
with uh, Eddie Brock as a anti-hero uh, leading into the ongoing uh, Keenan Black storylines grabbing right now. <laughs> but it, every time he walks into uh, Keenan Black, it's a space Keenan god. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's a space god. Um, every time uh, Eddie Brock walks into Avengers Tower, uh, Captain Marvel just immediately <laughs> starts like thirsting after him. <laughs> to the point where She-Hulk is just kind of like, no, Carol, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. <laughs> My God, because it's a it's a romance that could absolutely never happen. It makes sense, but you want it to because it would not make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Wolverine and Jean Grey. Um, that'd be like pre Dark Phoenix, and to be honest, my reading of pre Dark Phoenix is not as okay. as in depth as some others. Okay, but uh, it's definitely not as well served since '90s X Men going forward, like since Lobdell going on. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine's kind of had some of his own things, uh, but they've always been very short lived and not <laughs> right. <Has laughs> so the main the main interest is always like. I can love or stab things. Right. <laughs> you ever had a successful love list? first, stab later. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, they, they've made it kind of clear, especially when they did after Schism, that Wolverine's first focus has always been uh, protecting younger mutants or mutants that could not defend themselves. Uh, okay. Yeah. Goobly. Goobly. I mean, that's the whole thing. He adopted, he essentially adopted Goobly in the Night of Antium era. And. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you definitely get more focus on Scott uh, Scott's manifold uh, relationships that uh, all end somewhat unceremoniously. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Him and Emma Frost and the whole Death of X thing. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and uh, sp- Madeline Pryor and the the Goblin Queen, right? Isn't that what she was called? Oh yeah, well, I like yeah the Goblin, uh, Madeline Pryor, where uh, they have Cable, the mutant who would save the future, and then Jean Grey comes back to life, and Scott's all right. Yeah. How do you feel that they're handling uh, Vision and Wanda's relationship on WandaVision? Um. Hey, um, wait, 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 wait! Spoilers, spoilers. I, I'm two episodes. I, no, I'm just asking about. I'm, well, I'm just not. I'm just shush, 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 shush. Oh, Speak boy. in vagaries. That's what right. I'm talking about. Like I was so mad when um, they were fighting, and then Captain America crashes in. Oh, it's in vagaries. What the heck was that? And then um, I'm not sure yeah. what Spider-Man was doing in there. Captain, yeah. Captain America played by the 1970s. You said the Hulk wasn't going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I was I was just cookies. waiting for her to resurrect Iron Man, but it would be played by a new actor, and then they would just spin <laughs> off into an entirely new franchise. So, uh, I I'll say this: I loved when I think of romance in comics because I was going to talk about it eventually. I think of the Vision and the Scarlet Witch because mm-hmm. in the '80s, I loved those two characters so much. They they were just so great, and they were so great together, and. He was a robot, and yet he somehow found this beautiful woman to marry him. And I'm like, I guess that means there's hope for me. And I was only in my teens, so <laughs> there is. Yeah, I was thinking about this all the time. 
And uh, when when John Byrne made the vision go pale white, I almost quit comics that weekend. Uh, it was a long weekend. But uh, <laughs> uh, so when if someone were going to tell me that there, I would be watching a TV show about the two of them. It it kind of it still blows my mind a little bit. But uh, I still just love those guys. So the idea that you know, I almost feel like you know, the vision builds himself a family in the comics. A fantastic comic book run but again it's not the scarlet witch so of course it's not going to work out so wanda i don't even know who she's dating these days but it's not going to last well it, it gave us viv i like viv all right <laughs> yeah viv is cool i viv is i like Viv, but um you know she's not wanda <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so i don't know do you get so thumbs up from Brent for to the to the writers and producers of WandaVision who are watching right now? Thank you, <laughs> Brent. You yes, thank you for making a great TV show. And um, the end of that last episode, I was like, "Yeah, whoa, that was one of those great TV moments uh, that I'll remember for a long time." So I'll like, say this before the end of that episode: it was such a well-written episode, anyway. It, it before I was saying that before it even ended, so it was that they're doing it well. They're doing it real well. So, and to to the to the and I've only seen three episodes, but to the to the naysayers who are like, oh, it's too slow. If you were to make it a movie, this would be the pace. I love it. I love that they're doing it. I love it. And Brent, Brent, you said many months ago, you so so much wisdom comes out of you, and I, I write it all down. I've got it here in my notes. <laughs> you you bemoaned the binge culture. And not mm-hmm. waiting to watch the next, having to wait or wait a whole season. I'm with you on that. While it is great to binge, I like doing it with books. Yeah. Some like great, the whole the whole series is available. The you know nobody's died, and uh, uh, I mean the author. You know we've got to hold the whole thing, but to wait to wait the next week or all summer for the next season. Yeah, it's good. St- I I've enjoyed the. Yeah slow progression it's it's been great it's been good it's all about the saver i've yes. been waiting 10 to 20 years for book five of game of thrones no robert i know death death was a little beyond robert jordan's control um uh, but, but that uh kickstarted but... brendan fraser's career or not brendan fraser <laughs> That's new to me. Lord of the Jungle. We win. That would be great. But he did. He said, "But Robert Jordan set contingencies in before he passed." And they were talking about the Will of Time series. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. At least there was that. I've been forgetting. Who knows? Martin doesn't even know where he's going. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> Sa- Brand- I meant Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> I've been forgetting names all night, as we learned in the pre-show discussion. John uh, Medic, what do you think about Brendan Fraser playing Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> oh, is, is that actually something? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I, uh, no, Brendan, Brendan I actually has dug his, his own stuff own back in the day. I, uh, I was sad to see him kind of go away. I missed a couple he's of his bad. He's, but, uh, he's uh, in Doom Patrol. He's in Doom Patrol. Oh, I have not watched Doom Patrol. It's awesome. I've heard very things. It is awesome, but be it is NSFW, 
Very much so. <laughs> that is good to know. All so right. uh, you will get to see a side of Brendan Fraser that most people don't see. So I will warn you about is that. Is that a side I want to see, though? Uh, I mean, it's Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, meaning, please tell me not nudity. I, I, we're not talking about like 1990s Brendan Fraser. We're talking about modern day Brendan Fraser. <laughs> George of the <laughs> Jungle. <laughs> I did not see that one. That was one I missed on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's, he does really, he plays. Um, what's he called? Not 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 robot man. Robot. Oh, yeah. Um, the yeah, the the brass guy. Yeah, I forget his name. Uh, oh man, yeah, uh, no, it's literally a robot man. Name. It's robot man. Yeah, but yeah. I can't what okay. his name, his character's name, like his real name is. Yeah, Cliff or something like that. I think. Yes, yes, you are correct. The only Doom Patrol issues I ever read were uh, the ones that Eric Larson drew back in like the eighties. So it's been I love a while. the Far Side. What's that? Uh, I said I love the Far Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a kind. Of, it, look, Different I love Grant guy. Morrison's. Grant Morrison's run is is tops. I love his his run on Doom Patrol. Huh. The uh, the painting that ate Paris. It's, it's like what. It just—I don't know. That guy was—that guy was smoking something. Then he might be smoking it still. We don't know. But. It's comics, so, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and now legal in most there. states and provinces. So yeah. I, for those of you keeping track, those of you taking notes, we just got to Doom Patrol Patrol via <laughs> Brendan Fraser, via <laughs> Robert Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> WandaVision. <laughs> the uh, romance, which is what we're talking about tonight. Romance mm. in comic books. If you're watching, throw something in the, the comments about the your favorite couple in the comic book world, or maybe your least favorite couple. What you hate, the two you hate being together. Let us know. Uh, so far, Frost and Hot Summers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, honestly, I. Uh, <laughs> If anyone could keep Scott from going full on like militant warlord, it was it was Emma because she How was that even make, okay because Emma was half, they did a good job, but still they, they she, exactly she she was already halfway there. She's like, no wait, Scott, you're more extreme than I am. Calm down. I don't. <laughs> she's, I don't like, want, she's like, I'm a bad guy, Scott. Stop topping me. <laughs> I mean, she does. She basically well, I don't want to ruin it for family. Nobody see read all of Death of X, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm currently going through House of X and Powers of X, and oh. Oh, the designs. And um, the one I'm waiting for. Oh, I can't wait till Red X gets his own book. I've been mm. dying for that for years. And yeah. Let's see. Uh, in the chat, uh, Renee says Spider Man and Mary Jane. And there you go. She's also loving WandaVision. See, I'm a fan of Mary Jane, but I will, I will never get over Gwen Stacy. We do not acknowledge the. Uh, the, uh, the the, we the not... disgusting stuff that J. Michael Straczynski did. Exactly. We did not acknowledge that. Makes that. Me... I will I, honestly, if I ever see him at a show, I will probably jump his ass. <laughs> this, are we talking about the Norman Osborn effect? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I think I've been on a tirade about this one before. You have, oh, yes. We can't leave. We can't leave our viewers without knowing what that's about. I've been on that for ten years. Basically, <laughs> evil J. Michael Straczynski, the guy who did Babylon Five and wrote some other comics, decided to write a story arc called Sin's Past where apparently Gwen Stacy banged the Green Goblin in his office because he was so powerful and mesmerizing. 
and she got knocked off with twins. That's why she went to Europe and had the kid, twins, came back, was going to tell Peter, and then that's when Goblin offed her, and one of the reasons Goblin offed her, which was one of the worst, um, oh, what guys, what's it called? Retcon. Um, retcon, thing. Yeah. One yeah, of the that's... worst retcons ever, and literally the one that kind of just pushed me away from mainstream comics completely. It was that that, that dreck that I read, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just so, done. Was it because Gwen's actions were contrary to her character? Was that what annoyed Absolutely. you the most? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's, yeah. And it sure seemed like ridiculous soap opera. I mean, mm-hmm. we get leveled that against us all the time, and we're like, no, it's different that Mary Jane died in a plane crash, but was actually taken out by someone else so that she could be resurrected several years down the line so that she and Peter could be together for a couple of months before she's then taken out by Mephesto, who actually wants to ruin their relationship. And so they have to start all over again, and they never got married, but they're going to get married, and they're going to get married one day. I know it's going to happen and are they ever going to get the baby back well and see none of this stuff really matters anyway because we're talking peter parker and it's not like he's the real spider-man anyway it's always been (laughs) so you know whoa i will say this and i have then i have to leave Um, (laughs) no you like them's fighting words i'm I'm out of here oh no no it's brett's bedtime sorry but remember uh, the whole uh, one more day thing where basically Marvel decided it was a mistake to have Pete and MJ get married. Joe so Casada decided. Yeah. So they had uh, Mephisto come and retcon the whole thing so they never got married. And I was like, wait, what is happening here? And then they have this tender moment right before everything gets erased and MJ, I can't even remember. I think it was Pete who was like, "No, it's going to be okay. One day we'll find our we'll find our way back to each other, or something like that." And I remember thinking, "That is a lie. They'll never find them. If they do, they'll just get split up again because their love is not the driving force anymore. Mm-hmm. It's the executives who don't want them to stay married or don't want them to have anything long term, so that Peter can go and then." date other people and be interesting to a certain segment of the population. And I was, that's when I actually dropped Spider-Man for probably like five or six years. I was so mad. I was like, yeah, they don't want to tell good stories anymore. They just want to try to make some cash. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, uh, they drove away readers. It was really not what they wanted yeah eventually i started reading it again and i'm like actually okay this is pretty good what brought you back myself and marvel so thanks marvel brent what what brought you back like was there an arc that brought you back i'm still there i'm here am i freezing uh i i thought everybody what brought me back frankly um i started hearing what dan slot was doing and he is a pretty freaking great comic book writer especially for licensed stuff another romance i love in comics is reed and sue and he's doing such great stuff with fantastic four right now i'm just cool it's one of my favorite books to read these days if if i remember correctly and correct me if i'm wrong um because i was tempted to go back to spidey um when they did the superior spider-man 
Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I mm. thought that concept was pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was slot, wasn't it? Yeah. And then okay. that leads into Spider-Verse, which will make your mind explode in front of your face. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> kind of like a gremlin in a microwave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the reference. <laughs> yeah. But, so so was, would, uh, would Superior Spider-Man be worth reading? Because I've seen it in trades and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's a really great concept. It's basically... I, I uh, love the concept. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's almost like what would happen if if Spider-Man was someone else who was didn't have all of Peter's emotional baggage and actually, Mm -hmm. you know, was halfway smart and wasn't so neurotic. And it was actually pretty smart. But everyone (laughs) loves Peter Parker and loves the neuroses and loves seeing that guy twist in the wind. Which shows that we're really just evil people at heart. But right. I don't know. I, there was there's a lot of people. I saw a lot of lists talking about that person you're talking about was yeah. probably a better Spider-Man than uh, Spider-Man. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he was superior. Yeah, exactly. For a while. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, it's. I mean, Spider-Man turned me on to Venom's solo stuff, mm-hmm. and then I dropped Spider-Man as Red Venom because I like the idea of Eddie Brock so much more. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was given a power and then immediately like abused the responsibility came along with it then actually committed himself to being better i'm like oh he's actually developing yeah yeah that is the thing am... about pete he's always going to come back to the center so and i feel so old right now tim because i remember being a little high school kid when spider-man 300 dropped <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, number 300, this is going to be worth something because it's number 300. I better buy five, you know? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's not because it's number 300. It's because it's like this new character. Yay. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh, that was Venom, right? Yeah. 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 And he yeah. like had the, it, it was the third McFarlane issue. Uh, yeah. And he had yeah. cameo yeah. stuff in the two leading up to that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The, the only. Shadowing. The only reason that he would come back, he would come to do Spider Man, was he had they had to go back to the regular suit because yeah. he hated the black suit. So they took the black suit and made it Into a, a villain. Yeah. That's how bad Tom McFarlane hated <laughs> that <laughs> black suit. And it's, it's, wow. Well, I better run, gentlemen, unfortunately. Okay. Brent, thank you very much. We will see you next week. Sounds good. Have a good Have night, a week, everybody. Later on. Later. One of the uh, things before we go on, let me just throw this one out there. Um, the actual beginning of Venom, before even the Spider-Man stuff with McFarlane, when Dave Michelini, if I'm pronouncing his name right, the writer, uh, he was actually writing Web of Spider-Man. Mm. And I believe it was Web of Spider-Man 18. I'm pretty sure that's the one where Spider-Man gets pushed in front of a um, uh, subway train. And his spider sense didn't go off. And he's like, holy crap, what happened? Well, it was Peter. It wasn't Spider-Man. And so the whole idea that there was somebody that pushed him onto the tracks to try to get him hit by a train and it didn't set off his spider sense, that was actually the first non-on-panel, non-on-page. That was supposed to be like the beginning of Eddie Brock and Venom. Uh, But that was also Dave's last issue of Web. So he picked it up again when he got to Amazing. And now you know, and knowing half the battle. The rest of us. And do. now you know. My goodness. Thank you, John. You're very welcome, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Silverline's Wednesday Night Wham. 
hosted by Scott Wakefield. Good, good evening. This is the second half, the mel- mellower half of our show, where we take you into the evening with our dulcet baritone voices. We are talking something we're very familiar with, all of us here, the, the lineup, romance. Love. In comics. Exciting and new. <laughs> and John has a song for us. He's going <laughs> to... I will do my very white crooning later. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. The musical hour of our show where we will sing love songs uh, to you out there. All of you who we love dearly. Yes, and that's true. I'm not, I'm not making this up. We love you. Uh, <laughs> in honor of St. Valentine and his day, that is this weekend. We are talking romance and comics. We're talking couples that we love, couples that we loathe, uh, enduring couples that have stood the test of time, the on-again, off-again couples, and perhaps we'll even, uh, if we can stay on track, we'll talk about uh, actual storytelling and what romance can do to propel the story or sometimes stop it short. Yeah, stop short. Um that's a Seinfeld re- reference. Um, sorry, I was poorly done. Uh, and what it does for storytelling, if it works, sometimes it's awful, sometimes it's great. And uh, we'll talk about that. We are brought to you by the Daytona Beach Comic Con. Thank you to those folks, those fine, fine people. And um, we ask you to go follow their social medias and their check on the website for 2021 dates to be to determined like everything is out there um but support them and support your local comic book people your your cons your writers your artists thank you for being here we appreciate your support for silverline and uh, head over to silverlinecomics.com check out all of our titles check out our uh blog posts our um craft posts that um are uh, headed up by mr uh, tim tk there you get to know all of our creatives um, uh, from every side of the creative process, our writers and our, our inkers and colorers and all the folks that make comic books. And by being here watching our shows, the Wednesday show, the Sunday show, you get to see the, uh, the, the, you get the backstage pass to comic book creation. And uh, you're seeing right now, what title are we looking at? Oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just threw that out there. Yeah, this is uh, um, the uh, the uh, Champion Miss Fury uh, crossover team up book from Silverline. And some, pencils some are by I see the name by Mister Mister Peter Clinton. Peter Clinton. Mr. Peter, Peter, uh, Pete, Peter and, Clinton. Uh, yeah, and uh, you, and he Tommy, is from the big the, over across the pond. He is one of those uh, got a funny, funny talker accent. guys. Funny yeah. accent. Funny talkers. Funny talkers. <laughs> so Peter has has penciled that. Uh, Tommy is inking over that. And uh, if you're out there wondering, watching the process, it's pretty cool. Uh, usually you start with uh, rough sketches. Uh, Brent mentioned getting some roughs of the uh, of his story that's coming up. Sometimes called thumbnails. It's a very a rudimentary way to lay out the story, kind of storyboarding. And then they'll they'll go into pencils like this. Um, Sometimes uh, pencilers will ink over their own stuff. Sometimes we'll go from one pencil to another inker and then another colorist. And um, that's, that's all part of the creation. And Tommy's doing this digitally, which yep. is cool. 
and uh, you get to see the process. It's awesome. So thank you, Tommy. Um, I felt like I was going to say something else. Uh, oh, for those of you who supported our Kickstarter campaigns, thank you. And we will have uh, more titles coming soon. We have a, a hopper full of titles on the way. So your support for uh, Silver Line means more great stories along the way, independent stories where uh, we've got great creatives making new stuff, new and interesting uh, stories for you. So thank you to our readers. Okay. Uh, we lost a few folks. They need to go to bed. Some of them have to work in the morning or some such nonsense like that. They need sleep. Come on. So, uh, thank you to those guys that, that were on the show. And, um, we are talking romance. We have talked, uh, the, the, um, usual cast of characters, uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane and Gwen and, uh, Colossus and, uh, Kitty Pride, right? Yes. Uh, Jubilee and Wolverine, right? No. Just, no, 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 no. Just friends. Not that way. They are friends. <laughs> just, uh, um, Wolverine's more like dad to her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've talked about Cyclops and um, his problems with women. Um, you guys already covered Psych? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, yeah, Tim talked about his his problems and how he needs to get his you know stuff. i still feel to this day so bad for madeline Pryor when yeah like, when <laughs> when psych like when they have a baby and she's like well you know you have to make a decision is it going to be her or me and he turns and walks away yep. without saying a word it's like dude you're a jerk he's that's your wife with <laughs> yeah. your baby oh my yeah. god oh, he had yeah. stuff to do john what are you talking <laughs> well, about well yeah i she's cray obviously you know and he but literal stuff but he's married at that point you know <laughs> you don't cheat i i've taught What's... my kid there is one thing you never do is cheat you don't cheat scott shouldn't have cheated by running off you know it's like if you need a divorce get a divorce especially when you have uh, time traveling space baby that'll save mm-hmm. the universe <laughs> yeah right <laughs> nathan yeah <laughs> so what about uh renee's question about uh the harley oh. quinn and joker wait yeah. wait 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 before we get that, i'm sorry renee i'm sorry john though john Yo. yes you are a yes. storyteller you know how to craft stories yes. that bit of storytelling has been seared into your memory right since junior high yes. yeah absolutely yeah. so Yo. as angry as that makes you that is oh, some yeah. deep, that's some deep storytelling that is some uh-huh. that's it's uh, it's unpredictable right yep. it's it is not necessarily contrary to his character because he's well, kind of, nope he's kind of a butthead yeah and then the, it was precedent and then yep. i hear later on he hooked up with like white queen and yep. a whole bunch of other stuff yep. he's a player um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah well yeah well he ended up getting with emma frost after gene gray died yeah part three again yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. uh, but uh and that one was that one at the time made more sense as leading up to the Genosha genocide and everything as, as the X-Men are getting more militant and everyone is getting more hardline and Emma Frost being <laughs> see Michael and I will joke about this uh, <laughs> me more so Emma Frost being mid-level hardline having worked with Shaw <laughs> as, <laughs> as Cyclops saving Grace from going Magneto hardline <laughs> which he has True. since done <laughs> yeah you know the, uh, the one thing that did kind of pull it back uh, since Wolverine always had a thing for Jean Grey, 
Um, I did, you know, I never liked the whole idea of like Wolverine, Jean Grey, and mm. Ian Churchill, who is one of my absolute all-time favorite artists, like ever. One of his covers from X Men, Uncan- Uncanny X Men, has become iconic. The one where like uh, Wolvie is grabbed Jean Grey and they're kissing on the cover, black background, very iconic cover, beautifully done. I'm just like, yeah, she doesn't belong with Wolvie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that whole triangle that was put in there, that was actually again, as you're talking, Scott, about things being planted in your brain. The reason why Wolverine was so enthralled with Jean Grey is because he re- she reminded him of the girl that found him in the Canadian wilderness after, after he ran from the Weapon X program, brought him back to some level of humanity, that being Heather Hudson, who was married to James Hudson, who was guardian of Alpha Flight, which is how he was originally with Alpha Flight. Mm-hmm. And so when he met Gene, he's like, oh, a redhead that's not married. And yeah, he went from there. So that and is... And he's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone loves Hugh Jackman. Well, that, no, that, except for Ryan and Reynolds, from what I understand. Oh. <laughs> no, their they're online bromance, how they're oh, always like picking yeah. on each other and everything. Oh my God, those two are so funny with the banter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry to go Star Trek on you. Have you guys seen the, uh, this has been out for a little while, the um, Brent Spiner song with his feud with, with uh, yeah, LeVar Burton. <laughs> <Pretty funny. laughs> no. Yeah. Never heard I, of that. Um, it's been, it was a couple months ago. I, I probably more than that. Cause I'm always behind the curve on what's funny and popular. Um, but he, it's, funny. He starts, it's, it's, it's just a video about him. Um, he and Brent's uh, or LeVar Burton having kind of a feud. And then he, he goes into song for a while. It's not all song, but it's, it's pretty hilarious. So uh, Brent Spiner, uh, bemoaning being data and going to conventions and so forth. It's pretty funny. Um, anyways, so um, this Have is you ever, no, sorry. What? Have you ever, did you ever see him on my court? Oh yeah, like yeah. <laughs> he has a yes, he has yeah. a funny side. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, I was that's uh, where he got like that's where he got his big start. Yeah, well, yeah. I always I always think of Prince Spiner's uh, solo project on the internet called Fresh Hell. Where it's Brent Spiner playing Brent Spiner out of work. No, what is it called? <laughs> Fresh Hell. Oh, I, I gotta go watch this. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty hilarious. Yeah, the the video is uh, as C. Michael says, NSFW. Uh, a, a little. I mean, it's a little bit of language. Is that so like anything for me like to know what that means? Uh, I don't. I don't know what that what means. <laughs> Wait. Sorry. Anyway, Renee had a question about Harley Quinn and Joker. <laughs> I was I was throwing out letters. I was waiting for somebody to catch it. We have. Oh my god! Have, it's like Run DMC or what? We we live in the the uh, the time of abbreviations. You yeah. can't just throw letters out like yeah, that. It probably oh. means something. Okay, so before we get to, before we get to Renee's question, speaking of romance, <laughs> okay. Uh, this, for those of you who lived in Orlando and have attended the Full Sail campus, I've been there. Yes, there is a uh, sushi bar uh oh. several blocks down uh where they have i can only be the face style sushi th- mm. uh, thing which is fantastic uh and uh when i was there uh there was a uh <laughs> very attractive uh person uh serving our table who mm. i'd recognized from campus so of course and there, she was wearing a run dmc shirt 
So nice. my nuts. So of course, my natural course of action. You put your uh, number on the receipt. In addition, I put the chorus to "It's Tricky." <laughs> Oh, boy. Did not hear back on that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll admit to, like, having done the whole phone number on a receipt and never got a call thing more than once. But, you know, putting the lyrics, that was, like, that's, inspired. That's, that's cool. she, it was, like, that, probably a shirt she got at Goodwill. She didn't really. That should have gotten you the call back. What the hell is he writing on his ticket? <laughs> or, or she's probably like, I don't even know what the hell this is. This is my boyfriend's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or she's already with someone and uh, maybe i made her question it for like a good three minutes and she's like no right i'm not scott summers <laughs> <laughs> if if this was a comic book tim it would it would be great character development <laughs> and she would have had a, a crisis at that moment she would have gone home she'd have been tired her boyfriend would have been careless he'd have been playing video games or whatever and she would have had a moment she would have looked at that phone number looked at those lyrics she would have played the song you know she probably put, the, to... put that receipt in her purse and, yep. and she's trying to find it now ever since yep. then she's like, <laughs> like kind of like the movie serendipity back, yeah, we're like if, if Kate if that guy would have just came back to the to the yeah, next day, yeah, I would just talk to him. But he never he because I didn't call him back, so he never came back and saw me again. And, and man, Tim, yeah. <laughs> Tim, you probably wrote. I, I have a wrong. I have a feeling now for the next couple of weeks, Tim's gonna be going for all you can eat sushi every day. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando, maybe I'll go flight down to Orlando. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'll be oh. like, I am past COVID now. I'm going for sushi. Yeah. That's you guys are I'll swing cold. by there and I'll see if she's still there with a shirt on and I'll know I'll know who it is. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give her I'll give her your number. Perfect. All you can eat sushi. Man, I'm hungry. Okay. So we And every we, time I hear somebody say sushi, talking about romance, um, you know, every time somebody says the word sushi, I want to start screaming sushi, sushi. Anybody get that one? No, Monster Team. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Mike Wazowski. Yeah, Mike. and his girlfriend. Oh. Yep. Talk about going on the date. She's like, sushi. Sushi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good one. So, Good Harley one. Quinn and Joke. <laughs> Sorry okay. about that. <laughs> so, so we, 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 we started about talking about storytelling a little bit. This is good. This is good. So, um, on the other end of kind of the spectrum of romance is Harley Quinn and Joker. That yeah, is, but is that really a romance? That's no. excellent question. I never felt Tommy. like a romance. I definitely, I definitely appreciate what happened to Harley Quinn after uh, Gail Simone uh, started writing on Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey, where it became very apparent that it was not a good relationship for her, and it became and we got a movie of it, which is like one well, of the DC movies people actually like, uh, <laughs> where it, uh, it Harley Quinn essentially has to end a, a a relationship or a romance in order to develop herself into a better character or uh, get into a better space for herself and maybe get some good character development through that. And uh, I, I think that take in storytelling is uh, something we don't get too often in comics. Usually it's just either the abrupt ending or it's, uh, hey, someone died three years ago. I'm going to go back to right. them now. Yeah. Well, would you say, you know, to kind of relate this to what we've been talking about, that relationship was, that relationship was first showcased in the animated series. Yep. And it was yeah. abusive then. Yeah. I mean, straight right <laughs> off. But because of the adultness of that, that, that 
of the animated series. That's what made X-Men possible, right? The yeah, animated yeah. X-Men. So we, we didn't even have the Jean Grey, Scott Summers, Logan uh, paradigm that we had when we were kids as far as the animated series is concerned if it wasn't for that horrible, horrible relationship. Yeah, but I don't believe they got into uh, the emancipation of Harley Quinn storyline in the animated series. I believe no, that was no, much no. later. Yeah, no. Well, because yeah. because she she there's... hooked up with Poison Ivy. Yeah. In fact, it was the first episode she showed up in because he fired her. He kicked her out. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. As it's been, it was hinted at for a long time. I remember that, but we didn't get the full. Uh, Emancipation storyline until Gail Simone took it over much later. You know, yeah, going but... you know, going back to the foundation of that relationship where she was a therapist mm-hmm. working with him, it was almost like a self-imposed Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. You yeah. know, where you know, she did it upon herself mm-hmm. towards him and, and she just went mad. Yeah. yeah. But now she's been, you know, dumped for punchline, I guess, from what I understand. So, well, did you have y'all ever, uh, have y'all read the White Knights? No, not yet. No. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, I can't. Yeah. I don't want to tell you anything about it because it, it, they, because uh, what's his name, Sean Gordon Murphy, actually handles the differences of why we have two different types of Harley Quinn, and mm. I don't really want to get into why that is. Yeah. Was but that was that good. also the series where they talked about the three different jokers? No, that was uh that was later on. Yeah. Okay. That was that just came out. White White Knight it, I, I might there might still be stuff coming out about it cuz it was yeah, big. I just picked up uh one of the because there's there's uh yeah, I know what you're talking about, but uh there's three different White Knight main arcs essentially. Yeah, yeah but Yeah. I got one of the uh, in one of those Walmart bundles. I got one of the solo issues that came from a later arc in that. But yeah, yeah. he handled he handles it pretty well. No, it, it's basically about the Joker gets well. Is mm. <laughs> is what yeah. the premise of that is, yeah. and it was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to read it, I, I don't want to get into it because you have it, but mm. pick it up. It's pretty good. Yeah. So oh, the, I killed the conversation. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. This is good because we, we, we started talking about it being more multifaceted. Yeah. Um, and it, it just follows the evolution of storytelling in comic books because really we we had a lot of just the, the very often the female being there to get in trouble mm-hmm. and the yeah. hero to rescue her. Okay. Yeah. And that was fine 75 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Lois Lane, the uh, the uh, Fleischer uh, cartoons of Superman. Every episode, <laughs> Lois gets in trouble, and dun, 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 Superman comes and punches things and throws things and and saves her. Um, usually because she like follows Clark Kent, and then goes and tries to get the scoop before he does, and yeah. then Superman has to come <laughs> rescue her. But yeah. that evolution. Where we even have, uh, we've got Harley Quinn and um, the, the, these relationships that, like John was talking about, yeah. um, they like, holy cow, um, you're really angry at a character that you kind of love or, or you, you didn't, you, you don't want them to make that mistake uh, like Cyclops did. Um, that makes for really good when you can you know, throw that emotion in there that. Harley Quinn is 
she's finally saying, okay, you are abusive. This is bad for me. That's, yeah. that's good storytelling. That's deep storytelling. And I think that's, that's just one more thing about comic books that, that that's so cool that we can get these characters. Um, but also when they, when they mess them up, like we're talking about with Gwen, like that makes us so angry. Yeah. <laughs> we're so emotionally invested and when they don't when they don't follow the, that character's when the when they throw it all out the window that makes us that's mm-hmm. that makes the, the diehard fans just give it up that's and john said it he said i was done right it hey scott can yeah. i weave a couple things together Go that, for we, it. that we bounced around about this is perfect so you know we got tim talking about gail simone uh we've got um scott you talking about women being in trouble we're watching tommy ink masterfully um things are rocking here this is awesome (laughs) this is the this ties perfectly into the one that i told you guys on break i wanted to talk about so one of the one of the worst couple scenarios was when kyle rayner became the new green lantern he was Hmm. dating a girl named alex and she's in the apartment and he comes home and he's in his new green lantern uniform and can't find alex and opens up the refrigerator door and there is her dead body oh yeah shoved in the fridge because the bad guy uh, major force came looking for him in the apartment he wasn't there so he killed his girlfriend um that's kind of like the whole damsel in distress damsel's always going to be destroyed Gail Simone, see Tim, how I'm tying all yeah, together, yeah. like a big, great big puzzle. She uh, entitled that one the woman in the refrigerator syndrome. <laughs> and that was like a whole thing for a while about how females are portrayed oftentimes and how it doesn't, it, it's not justified and those are not strong characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I I totally get that. So that was kind of nice how a couple of those pulled together. Um, I, if I could just throw out two that I do like, um, Mockingbird and Hawkeye, I've always thought was a great pairing. Um, they played off of each other well. They had great banter, and there was never the damsel in distress. You know, she had her strength, or her strengths. He had his. I I always loved them as a couple. They were great um and then i didn't really read much on this but talking about other you know having strengths and not weaknesses and folks who really were equal um electra and daredevil mm-hmm. would definitely go into that category as well i think that that would be a good pairing um yeah yeah one thing uh, uh that um uh, see, i brought up actually talking about what the what was uh the thing that got harley quinn fired in the uh anime show and it's been Tease forever and is now finally fully canon is uh harley quinn and poison ivy as a oh. couple and mm-hmm. i for me i think it makes total sense now that they've given it enough time for to breathe because they both come into it with their baggage as time as villains and both kind of come in and as uh <laughs> heroes with looser morals or like all right heroes at times but they're both uh poison ivy is of course super powered and harley quinn is super abled and the current writer has decided to give her back the giant mountain rocket launchers just out of nowhere which is great <laughs> but there no one is really a damsel distress or needs saving it's just kind of an equal playing field of super people with their trauma having related to past the past decisions 
they're not inherently weaker for anything that isn't a, a choice they made, essentially. Right. Yeah, and and so I feel like that's uh, something I'm interested to see play out more. Yeah, well, that's I, that's a different uh, universe, though, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure if it's a different universe or if they've brought it back into because the both universes have been kind of just pulling away from multiverse just to make things mm-hmm. a little more streamlined. So I think it is in Prime Earth there, or what? DC's Earth One, right? Not Six One Six. <laughs> so yeah, I think they're yeah. <laughs> I think they're on Earth One. Whereas in Marvel, everyone's back to Six One Six or Battle World. Even the Maker is in Six One Six, which is interesting to have the Council of Reed Richards all existing on the same plane ish. Uh, let's talk about now. Let's talk about Reed Richards and freaking Sue Storm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, boring. The longest running couple. <laughs> yeah, golly. And Marvel. Yes. Um, I. I That's still not empty nesters. <laughs> children go away. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another side of the spectrum. So, like, it's always good to to have like. I keep going back to Cyclops because we've talked about it, but him making really bad decisions mm-hmm. and that's sort of like oh my gosh um but to have a constant like those two uh is is cool as well because yeah. i mean it's a constant but then when they have strife too that that there's so much there's more gravity to it mm-hmm. as well um when some you know when when people are on again off again a lot of times you can be kind of like meh but yeah. when those two have strife yeah. there's 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 a lot to it. Yeah, one of my uh, friends in college called uh, the Fantastic Four the uh, family values of comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's except for in the '90s when uh. Sue Storm was taken over by Malice and she had that really slutty costume. Yeah, that was all weird. And, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like, this is not how a mother so, of two so, some some artists this in the '90s made some very bold Storm. choices. That... Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was the times, and some of the times were great with some things, but. The whole like sexified Sue Storm to that level. There's a, there's a lot of characters right. that got a lot of treatment. They're like, did they yeah. they need that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that still goes on today, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think, and I've I've mentioned this before, um, not on the the romance level, but just the characterization is. And now I'm going to the movies here. Um, is is uh, Black Widow and captain america mm. i love oh, the relationship. From Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah there's no romance but they are playful she is um she is tough but she's also a woman and she's kind of joking about putting him on a date you know and and, and like was and that your first kiss since 1943 right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're kicking butt like they're they're, they're yeah, at, yeah. literally kicking butt next to each other mm-hmm. and talking about you know him going on a date which oh, i think yeah 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 when he's on the uh when they're on the airplane and she's yeah. like you know if if you ask so-and-so from accounting out she'd probably right. say yes he's yeah. like that's why i don't ask and then right. like just jumps out and then yeah, he's like yeah. did he forget a parachute and right yeah Yep. I love it. It's not it's not romance, but it's an awesome male female relationship and they can talk about that stuff. I I think that's one of the best characterizations yeah. uh, for but, those two. I I I love it. I love it. That it, was my but, favorite MCU movie, period. But is that a male and female relationship or is that a 
brothers in arms camaraderie. I'll, I'll give you that, but I'm just saying yeah. she's yeah she's she's kind of doing she's kind of putting them on a date. You know yeah. she's she has that angle like you know you're you're a guy and there are women out there and he's and he's an awkward guy. Yeah, and uh, I it, I think it's I think, I think it's, it's a, and she's yeah. come with a lot of baggage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. the very fact that she's able to open up to him, because that's how this whole thing started, because he didn't trust her. And when right. they had that conversation in the truck, yeah. you know, regarding that, and she started opening up um, and that's kind of where it started to um, flourish. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's good storytelling because it would have been easy for the writers to put those two and make them have a romance or something yeah. it would have been easy storytelling i think yeah it's uh and then also we saw that with um black widow and uh hawkeye. and hawkeye. Hulk too. hawkeye and also with the hulk i think uh yeah but that the, the relationship i didn't like the hulk, hulk thing that was a little weird but uh it, it's i it's perfectly normal to have a female character in them in the story and have the relationships be all platonic yeah yeah i think uh uh, not everyone needs to be fully romantic involved, and I think if you do that well, uh, it can you can make for a really good story uh, storytelling and really good fun relationships like we got in Winter Soldier and with Hawkeye. And I thought it was so great since you had brought up about um, Hawkeye and the Black Widow part. You know that banter was there. You could tell that they had that connection as well, and there was yeah. a connection. And people were probably starting to do the moonlighting. Will mm-hmm. they? Won't they? Yeah. You know. Are, are they gonna get together? And when he took her home to his kids and his wife, Aunt, and then Aunt the kids are all like, "Yeah, Aunt Nat," you know <laughs> yeah. that like put an end to it right there. Yeah, yeah. We knew that the love was there, but it was like a right. familial love. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, mm-hmm. which is which was cool because they could play off of that aspect. Yeah, I mean that, that everything has to be chicky chicky bob. Right. right. Yeah, not to go back to uh, Wolverine and Jubilee, but if there's one thing I'm good at, it's X Men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. The the uh, thing that uh, C Michael and I have talked about since I posted it on Facebook, the Nomad Bat Team era with uh, Wolverine and Jubilee, and uh, Wolverine is in hiding isolation this entire time essentially because he he's is that when he had no nose. I think it's depending on the artist. Uh, okay, <laughs> but uh, this is back when he was essentially just he, he was reverting back to murder machine. Um, uh, but Jubilee was the one who would go back and visit him because uh, they had developed a very strong kind of protective, uh, either father daughter like older sibling relationship, and so uh, it was one of the few females he was able to keep alive. Exactly, and so uh, <laughs> and so uh, Jubilee is like giving him the full story about how she got married and is having a kid and all this stuff, and uh, that was the the highlight of Wolverine's time in isolation. And so I think that was also a really cool relationship. Jubilee oh, yeah. had a kid. Oh, Jubilee was a vampire from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally Jubilee's done a lot of stuff. Read any of that? Wow, I missed all that. <laughs> it happened after uh, House of M. Yeah. Okay, that'd be why. Yeah. yeah. So, could I throw a series out there before? Because I know I'm looking at the clock. Sure. Yeah, we're, we're getting. I'm that. sure. I'm sure most people have not heard of this series, and it's going to blow some people's minds. Uh, do any of you remember the Marvel imprint, uh, the Epic imprint? Sounds All right, familiar. good. We're off to a good start. <laughs> they put out they put out a five issue miniseries um, early two thousands, right? Called Trouble, hmm. and it was like a romance based type of thing. 
where you had like these two wild and crazy girls that were going on a trip with like their two boyfriends and one's 17 years old and she so like you got two pairs right two couples so the girl the wild and crazy 17 year old cheat how the boyfriend from this pair cheats and so they get together she gets pregnant and then the girl the girlfriend of the guy who cheated because they were all four best friends and she's like okay you know your mom's gonna freak out about you being pregnant when we go back you know because they were away for the summer and they were working and stuff there she's like okay we'll pass it off as my baby i'll take the hit I'll claim the baby's mine and my boyfriend and I will raise it as our child. Sounds pretty cool, right? They never gave last they never gave last names to the characters, okay? But the two couples that went away for a summer trip, there was a couple named Richard and Mary, and there was a couple named May and Ben. And May was the one that had an affair with Richie, Richard. And Mary was the one that said, we will take your baby, start a family of our own. Baby was named Peter. And we don't have to tell anyone. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> huh. When, when is this? This was, a, this was a series that was called... Oh, you Two thousand, um, early two thousand. Let's see if I can pull up a date. Um, it was it, written. It was written by Mark Miller, art by Terry Dodson. Um, let me see if I can find you guys. They put the, out the hardcover in twenty eleven, but this was made originally in the early two thousand. A chart would have uh, been useful, John, if you had prepped. Two thousand, two thousand three, two thousand three, two thousand four. So, yep, it was. Uh, it was considered as a possible origin of Spider-Man, yeah. uh, and they were trying to bring back romance comics with it too. You know, so it was very much a romancey thing. All right, but yeah, so it was the whole idea. It says here, um, I'm going off Wikipedia now. You know, May, a 17-year-old redhead and somewhat of a wild child. Mary, May's blonde best friend and rather shy. Ben, Richard's older brother who was often in hospitals as a child, and Richard, Richie, Ben's younger brother, and their dad's clear favorite. So you have Aunt May and Uncle Ben and Pete's parents, Mary and Richard. And he winds up living with Aunt May when you know, you know, you know what happens in amazing fantasy movies. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like Aunt May's really Peter's mom. Huh. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like that better than the Clone Wars. I like the Clone Saga because Ben Riley is the one true real. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's uh, (laughs) every time someone brings up uh, like best Spider Man, I'm like, well, we got that in Clone Saga. Like, the answers are right there. Clear as mud. The uh, the I love the Scarlet Spider costume. Yeah. Uh, the uniform was beautiful. Never better rendered than when Stephen Butler drew it. Uh, and then the the uh, uh, Ben Riley Spider Man costume that he customized for himself. Loved his costume. That's probably my favorite Spider Man costume. Uh, Brett Booth did a mini series, and he has like a double page spread of that Spider Man costume. 
swinging, yeah. and that is my all-time favorite Ben Riley Spider-Man. Yeah. I, 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 I gotta say, it's really hard to make like a sleeveless hoodie not cool. <laughs> <It's very laughs> well, I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing a hoodie. Should you see? I'd be like sleeves off there, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey it's folks, <laughs> it is 10:57 on the East Coast. That means we got to start wrapping up. We have, uh, we've been talking romance in comics. We've been watching Tommy ink o- over um, Pete's pencils. There, yep. uh, we Peter Clinton. We yep. have, uh, we have delved deep into what makes great romance. We could keep talking. Uh, it's good characterization. That's what we've decided. I think um, we want it to make sense. We don't want the uh, female just to be there to be in trouble. Um, and uh, we, we want characters to, uh, to have problems and be real. So uh, we didn't even you. get to talk about Betty and Veronica and Jughead and all those guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> Riverdale was on tonight. Yeah. There's, there's a lot we've not talked about. So maybe uh, another night we will continue with not necessarily the romance, but just the what makes we, we've talked a lot about what makes good characters. And this is part of it. Uh, what makes good characters and their relationships with the people they love and all that stuff. So we need to wrap up. Um, we we need bring to that back to run DMC. What? It's like, do you like a rap on the tricky way out? to wrap a rhyme. <laughs> Oh my god, now I you know what that makes me want to do now that you're actually singing it. I, I don't know, go we probably just got kicked trip. off of YouTube for me singing that little bit. <laughs> don't sing happy birthday, you'll owe somebody some money. Right. No, that one's not anymore. That got overridden. Yeah, happy, somebody bought it and released it. Yep. Thanks, the maker. Yeah, somebody bought it and said uh wasn't there a wasn't there a mystery science theater uh, invention exchange where they had the uh, royalty free karaoke machine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that. That sounds hilarious. But, well, hey, hey, you got to catch up on your MST3K from the nineties. Well, I I like <laughs> MST3K. I've never seen that. Yeah, all, yeah. So. I'm sure they've got a an, a a list of invention exchanges out there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, folks, we have tried to stay. We tried our best to stay on track, and uh, we did pretty we really well tonight. Did. I think we 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 stayed close close to the topic. Uh, thank you, Wayne Hall, for your review of Bass Reeves, and uh, folks, uh, viewers, uh, go click on Wayne Hall's uh, comics review. Comics. I'm not sure what does he call it. Wayne Hall Comics. Wayne Hall. I, I think it's uh, Wayne Hall's comics. Wayne Hall's Comics, uh, go like, subscribe, and also Daytona Beach Comic Con. Thank you for supporting Silverline. And everybody out there, go like, uh, subscribe, follow them on all of their social media channels. Check out their website and see what news they have for 2021 comic conventions. And then head over to silverlinecomics.com and check out all of our titles. And we have more and more and more and more coming. 2021 is going to be a, our biggest year yet. And we just keep growing. We have so many great titles coming. We have um, uh number two three four of our of our stories coming out they they and there's so many books fixing to to, to hit i don't know what roland's gonna do 
yeah, and lots yeah, of good stuff. Yeah, lots of books are fixing the. So out. go, yeah, Very go check good. on our titles because those are just going to keep keep growing. So you want to grab number one, number two if you've missed them, and to those of you who have supported our our um, Kickstarter campaigns, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.